Good morning and welcome to another issue of Chatterbox Radio. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and this morning we are going to take a poke, a look at international affairs as to what is happening in the world. And no, I'm not talking about the war in Ukraine, nor am I talking about all the histrionics, the gun violence, and everything else that is happening right here in these United States. I'm going to take a look at international relations in the context of the recent Russian court handing down sentence on famous female basketball player Brittany Griner, who has been in Russian jails for some time now uh, on a charge of coming across Russian borders with narcotics or with a control of banned substance. That in and of itself is not unique. It's not rare. The United States also has such laws. Canada has laws like that, as do many countries of the world, some harsher than others. In places like Indonesia and the Philippines, if you are caught bringing a controlled narcotic or substance across their borders, it literally literally can end in a death sentence. So for the mainstream media, and we know why they're doing this, the mainstream media to posit this as something abnormal, out of the pale, unprecedented, etc., is just so much hypocrisy uh, by the mainstream media, the CNNs and the other countries of the world. That in and of itself is a problem. So, I'm your host, Michael Derek Roberts, and um, on this issue of Chatterbox Radio, we're going to look at it, the, the sentence in the nine years in a penal colony. And of course, this morning when we hear the word penal colony, we all... It's hard to watch. Oh, boo-hoo. Look at what the bad old dastardly Russians are doing. What these white Caucasian talking heads on CNN and NBC, MSNBC and Fox News at all and the echo chambers in their various podcasts and various local TV and radio station needs to do is to go back over the lessons of U.S. history. Sam Cook is one that sung about it on the chain gang. That's a penal colony. They're still right here, a little bit more sophisticated, made over to suit 21st century look. Penal colonies in the United States where prisoners work for as much as a dime an hour in this country. So when you start yelling and screaming about penal colonies as if it doesn't happen here, that obfuscates, it hides the truth of what the reality is all about in this country. The prison industrial complex, for those of you who don't know, you need to Google it and look at it and see the kind of stuff that happens. Right now in this country, right here in 2020, in Brooklyn, in Texas, in Arkansas, and all about the United States, 
black kids go to jail disproportionately longer than white kids for an ounce of cocaine or crack. That's a fact. So when people start yelling and talking because a basketball celebrity is involved, what about the young people? There's a, there's a, a young black woman in jail right now who's there because she stole a loaf of bread to feed of freaking children. So we have no moralistic position. We've lost the moral right to tell other countries how to handle people who violate their laws. Black and brown kids, people, young men, black males, are shot and killed by white police officers who walk. Yes, they walk away because the police say they're either fearful for their lives or some other concocted nonsense that they come up and the police walk. Black lives have no value, never did, never will be. So using Brittany Grinder, a black woman, as a ploy in this geopolitical war between Russia, Russia and the United States, egged on by a supine bought out corporate media is really, really so disingenuous, so hypocritical. You think Joe Biden at all care about Brittany Griner? They don't. What they care about is selling more arms to the Ukraine. So the war in the Ukraine and, and the abysmal level of Russia, Western quote-unquote relations is what's driving this narrative. And of course, the media, as part of that collective, continues to ape and to mouth the, the, the position of the administration. And then Joe Biden gets on, on, on national television and says, I'm calling on the Russians to release Brittany Griner immediately. How dare you? How dare you treat another country, a sovereign nation, with its own laws and its own history as if it was just in your backyard? How dare you? And then we, we don't understand and pretend we don't understand why Russia-United States relations are now in the toilet and Russia has torn up any semblance of, 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 of cooperation with the U.S. right now. After the U.S. and its allies have imposed tremendous sanctions on Russia right now in a war in the Ukraine that should never have happened. The West, led by the U.S., NATO is just the United States Army in Europe. That's what it is. NATO is not about prevention or defense or all that other kind of cockamamie nonsense that everybody talks about. NATO, NATO is the United States Army and military in, the, in, in Europe by another name. That's it. There is no if, ands, and both of it. The biggest funder for NATO is the United States. The biggest supplies of arms and ammunition to NATO is the United States. It's their army under another name in Europe. That is why the French President Macron, Emmanuel Macron, has been consistent in saying that Europe needs to have its own defense mechanism. Because what he's saying clearly, what he's not saying 
is that the NATO is not a, a European-led construct, military construct. It is dominated by every NATO commander is from the United States. Everyone. It's not a, 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 a force that is used for anything else. It's a bulwark against countries like Russia and China in Europe. That's what it is. So let's put that in this historical context. They continue to expand and encircle the United the, 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 the Russian Federation since the Clinton days. Then Gorbachev and others protested vehemently against that expansionism when Russia had no military base, not one, across the world. Today, the Russians must, must, have, had, must have about two or three bases, one in Abazijan, I think, um, the other one in Syria, etc. But the United States has 800 military bases. 800 military bases plus across the world. Yeah, that's a fact. And then you hear them talk about, oh, Russia expansionism. Oh, we have to protect ourselves from Vladimir Putin and all sort of other imperialistic hubris. But you know what? This is the problem. Had this happened 25 years ago, the U.S. could have sought its military might and done what it wanted. It can no longer deal with that right now. The 72 years of Pax Americana after the end of the Second World War has ended. Right now, you are having the rise of two distinct powers. You are seeing the rise of China. And there ain't nothing, nothing, militarily or otherwise, that the United States can do, can do to stop it. China's rise, it's complete and total entanglement and entwining with the United States relationship, I'm sorry, economy, cre creates a dependency by the U.S. on Chinese economic imports, exports, etc. For the U.S. to uncouple or, or, or end that relationship, it would mean total catastrophe for the United States, etc. The second country that is on, 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 on its way up and is an ascending power is Russia, whether they like it or not. The U.S. likes to dog Russia, likes to look down. So do the, the West, other Western allies, so-called England, uh, Germany at all, continue to deal with that. Germany is rearming. They're now on track to be the third largest um, arms spender in the world. We need to watch that. That is how the, 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 the Nazi Second World War started, with a rearmament of Germany. We've seen that again. We've been here before. We've been in this playbook before. Germany is now the major economic European power in the, in the European Union. It calls all of the shots. It's in Poodle, England. It ain't on any one of France or, 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 or Spain or one of these countries. The big dog when it comes to economic power in Europe is Germany. Germany is the big dog in the United in, in the European Union. 
Now, it has moved to rearm. It's rebuilding its armed forces. We, we've seen this playbook before. That is how German, that is how Hitler came to power. All the German, all, all Germany needs right now is the rise of a na nationalistic, white-wing, populist chancellor. Remember Donald Trump, etc. That's what is needed right now for Germany to really, really take the, the, the world by storm. Those are geopolitical issues, and that is not lost on Russia. They, 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 they continue demonization of, a post, of the, the, the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, is stupid. They know what they went through with Germany. They know how the Europeans, the white Caucasian Europeans, turned their back on them after they sacrificed so much in the Second World War to liberate Europe. Russia lost 27 million of its people against the German might. Nobody came to the aid. And yet still, their Red Army marched into Berlin and destroyed the Hitler war machine. And let's talk about the U.S. Because you, this is Chatterbox Radio, and we speak truth to power here. The United States entered the Second World War when it was almost over two years into its end. At the weakest level that Adolf Hitler and the German war machine were. That's a historical fact. You know what happened? Well, Hollywood happened. The most successful propaganda machine in the, the world has ever seen is Hollywood. They remade slavery into a glamorous thing. And they rewrote and fed Americans war propaganda and they rewrote and revised the lessons of history as it pertains to the Second World War in Hollywood. So that everybody in America believes, every young kid going to school, that we won the Second World War, that America won the Second World War. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. Let's speak truth to power. You, do, you doubt me? Do a Google search. Just go and Google who won the Second World War. Just do a Google search. Don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. Do some reading and research on your own instead of listening or seeing the great American um, war propaganda from Hollywood. The Green Beret, Back to Baton, and all the other kind of really dramatic glorification. Look at the Vietnam War. America dropped more bombs in the Vietnam War than they dropped in the, the entire Second World War combined. And let's look at the lessons of history again. This country gets up and tells other countries how it needs to behave. And Russia is the enemy, and this is the enemy, and look at the Chinese and everything else. The American government dropped a bomb, not on Germany, an atomic bomb. A nuclear bomb, not on Germany, not on white Germany that started the war. And was a three, was one of the, was the most formidable power in the Axis movement that, in, that, in, that integrated German, Germany, 
Japan, and Italy. They chose not to drop a bomb on white Italy. They chose not to drop a bomb on white Germany. But they dropped two bombs, two atomic bombs, on a country that could not fight back and was on the end of surrender, has in fact, had in fact already surrendered and capitulated. You know the reason why? Those are yellow people. They're not Caucasian people. They're Mongoloid people, as the, as the United States like to call them. And they dropped two bombs, killing thousands of innocent people. They didn't drop the bomb on a military installation. They dropped it on a city, two cities. Here in, here in, um, um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Two cities, two Japanese cities. They dropped two atomic, bo atomic bombs, killing thousands of people. And yet still, day to day, want to wag the dog and tell us that everything. And this is not to say that I am siding or supporting the war in the Ukraine. It is an imperial war, this time led by Russia. But you have to understand Russia's position. I perfectly understand their position. We, they, they cannot allow the Russians, from the Russian perspective, NATO to station long-range and other ballistic weapons on a country that is on its doorstep. Remember what happened when the Russians tried to put missiles in Cuba? It nearly sparked a world war. The Russians had to pull back. Because Kennedy said, not in his backyard. Cuba is at a couple thousand miles from Florida. They couldn't tolerate that. So why do you think another country must tolerate that? But again, the dangerous, dirty, nasty underbelly of the Ukraine war is the following. Let us be very clear. The Ukraine will never be like it, it, it was before. It is a country completely destroyed country. And as long as this Russian offensive comes, you can talk all you want about, well, we're sending them some arms, we're doing that, the Ukrainians, and again on the Ukraine for a counter-offensive against who? The Russian war machine is not even at a, a, a 25 of its capacity in handling the Ukraine. And the U.S. and the West know this. Here's the reason why. Biden and the West is clear, clear, clear that they're not going to send boots on the ground in the Ukraine. They don't want to have a problem of a widening conflict with Russia. It's a no-win situation. Secondly, the Ukrainians well, Zelensky, at least, were asking for a no-fly zone that has to be imposed. The, the lessons of Iraq come, came in here. They divide up Iraq. It's a no-fly zone. The U.S. patrol, it shoot down anybody that came in and did what they want in Iraq. But Iraq is a small country. Backward country relatively compared to the West. But you couldn't do that over the Ukraine because you're going to get a problem. And Biden and everybody else backed down over that request. It's not even part of the negotiation right now. Yeah, they're going to put sanctions. So let's put sanctions. Let's do all the sanction stuff. Let's do everything and be, and, and be good. That makes us feel good. But sanctions also hurt the West. What's happening? 
Could you imagine you doing a, a negotiation over grain shipment because your, your people are hungry? Could you imagine the popularity of this administration and the West? And, and let me just say here, as I've said before, the West is not the West. The West is a political construct. A lot of the countries, that's, that's another euphemism for white, Caucasian-led nations of the world. That's what the West signifies and means. So we need to understand those constructs going forward. So nobody wants to put boots on the ground. Nobody wants to they'll send weapons. Oh, yeah, because, of course, the U.S. military-industrial complex is gripping a windfall for the billions of dollars that, they, that, 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 that the Biden administration and Congress, both Democrats and Republicans, have appropriated for the Ukraine. What do you think? They're using tax, American taxpayer money to buy arms from the military industrial complex industries in the United States. They're not buying the arms from China or, or England. England um, is selling its own arms. When the U.S. appropriates $3 million billion and said part of that is to buy arms to send to the Ukraine, the United States government, through the Department of Defense, procures this, these weapons from companies like Lockheed Martin and other, other uh, military people, military companies. They do that every day. So the money is not leaving the U.S. shores, you know. Guys. And gals, listen out there, you listen to Chatterbox. I'm your host, Mike Roberts. And you know, on Chatterbox Radio, we speak truth to power. The, 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 the U.S. is not procurement arms from Italy and other third-party nations. If they, do, if they did, it'll, it, it, it'll be minuscule in terms of the amount that they purchase. Most of the weapon purchases are right here in the United States. The U.S. Congress and the Biden administration's is allocation taxpayer money to buy arms from arms suppliers and manufacturers in the United States to be shipped to the Ukraine. Get that in your head. So it ain't the mom and pop stores down the road or the little um, small businesses and so forth in the United States that are making money from these shipments. It is a, it is a small cabal a small class of people and industry that control these industries that are making billions and billions of U.S. dollars appropriated by the Biden administration and signed off on by Congress, both houses of Congress. That's how you procure arms. So they are sold from the Pentagon and other stockpiles that are replaced by money and don't get me started on the Pentagon budget. That's over seven hundred something billion dollars, almost a trillion dollars in Pentagon uh, in, in, in the, the Pentagon budget. The Pentagon has been given budget, the Defense Department budget, more than it needs and more than it asks for. The Biden administration and the complacent supine Congress of the United States agreed to give them twenty five billion dollars more than they asked for. They are washed with money. And guess what? They couldn't pass an audit today if the audit was if, if the audit was, was held right now. They don't even know where, where, where the money is. They have lost 
thousands and thousands of crates of arms and ammunition in Iraq and Afghanistan. They have left millions and millions of dollars worth of equipment, highly usable equipment. And again, that is the stupidity of all war. Every time you send stop it, in weaponry to places like, like, like the Ukraine, and the Russian army ends up taking over those areas. What do you think happens to the, to the, to the war, the, to, to the material that is left behind? Well, there's a thing called reverse engineering. The Russians take it out, bring it back to Russia. They share it with their allies. They share it with North Korea. They share it with China. And, of course, they improve their own war technology to come back and fight you. That is the stupid idea of it all. The United States left billions of war material in Afghanistan. Who you think ends up benefit from that, benefiting from that? I could tell you the Iranians first and foremost. Oh, yes. Iran benefits from it. Russia benefits from it. So does China that supplies aid now to the Taliban in the hour of need. Who you think benefits from all the copper and other resources that are, are to be found in Afghanistan? Well, try China. And economically, the West is behind the eight ball. Here's the problem. China's Belt and Road Initiative started long before. They already know the largest trading partner in Africa. And Africa is the ascending new kid on the block, whether we like it or not. You cannot continue to keep African countries down. So that digression um, was to give you a little bit of the historical context of this. So let's end by talking a little bit more about the Britney Griner situation. She has been sentenced to nine years in jail. That's unfortunate. It is not cause to celebrate or to, or to be yucking it up or any kind of stuff. Yes, she did violate and agreed that she violate Russian laws. The same thing is true if you did that to the United States. So we're not laughing or, 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 or cheering that she is going to prison for nine years. It is my hope, and I think I, I, she, Brittany Griner has loved ones here in America who love her. She's a popular young lady. She's a, a, a really upstanding role model for black and brown um, young women. And I say that clearly and unambiguously. She is a fantastic basketball player. She's a fantastic human being from all accounts. She's a fantastic role model for black and brown young people, etc. It is unfortunate that she got up, got caught up in a situation that is driven mainly by geopolitical concerns in respect to the question of the relationship, the poor relationship between the United States and Russia that has been aggravated by the war in Ukraine. This is a war that should never have happened. Saying ahead could have prevailed by dialogue. The United States could have told NATO to stand down. It could have sat down and have a conversation with the Russian president and say, listen, we will assure you, we'll give you these assurances, these ironclad assurances in writing, by treaty, 
that this expansionism that threatens your national security will not happen. All of these is what good statesmen could do and should have done. But no, the hubris of the West, egged on by a, a European, a white European cabal of leaders that think that the world is there to, there's to, re, to, re, to redesign and reorder in terms of what they want to do with it, got smacked in the face. The Russians under Vladimir Putin were prepared for this. Sanctions have not stopped this war. If anybody wants to understand the ineffectiveness, the inefficiency, and the stupidity of, in, in, uh, of declaring war by other means, which is what sanctions are, you'll see the futility of it. The suffering in the Ukraine continues. The bombing continues. The death continues. The, the complete decimation and devastation of villages and towns continues unabated, no matter that you're slapping sanctions on the Russian Federation every day. The, the big bad bear can withstand that. You can do that. But again, look what has happened. Single-handedly in one act of aggression, Vladimir Putin has brought this world to all kinds of problems where you've seen flashpoints all over the world. Brittany Griner, I, bring, I wish, I support President Biden in calling for her a, an exchange of prisoners swap to bring her back home. I hope that can happen. You've been listening to Chatterbox Radio. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and you can listen to, to this recording wherever you get your podcast. Until next week, next time, stay strong. Speak truth to power and think critically. Thank you.